Welcome to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning in. We pray that the following message will help you connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and others. Well, I welcome you to church on this final Sunday of the year, final Sunday of the decade. And in a moment, I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 63. I'm going to read verses 7, 8, and 9 of Isaiah 63. But before we look at that passage, I want to pose to you a question. I want you to think about this question. Here it is. What kindnesses has God shown you over the past year that he does not normally show you in a given year? I want you to think about that question. What kindnesses has God shown you over the past year that he does not normally show you? So it's a very specific question. You know, you and I could say, well, uh, he gave me food to eat. Yeah, he did, and we're grateful for that, but he usually does that for you and me. So that's not something that he does out of the ordinary. You say, well, he gave me a roof over my head. Yes, he does and did, and we're thankful for that, but he normally does that. Understand, I'm asking you to think about a kindness that God has shown you over the past year that he has not normally shown you in any given year. I want you to be thinking about that question, okay? Now let's read from Isaiah 63, beginning with verse 7. I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised. According to all the Lord has done for us, yes, the many good things he has done for Israel according to his compassion and many kindnesses. He said, surely they are my people, children who will be true to me. And so he became their savior. In all their distress, he too was distressed and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Recounting the kindnesses of God. Isaiah 63 verses 7 through 9 are a passage that I call a lonely passage. It kind of stands out by itself. It's an anomaly. It's something that if you read what comes before it for the next for the for the couple of chapters before it and you read what comes after it, then 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 read verses seven through nine, those verses are surprising. They're lonely. They're lonely for a number of reasons. One reason is that Isaiah 63 was written during a time right after the Babylonians had invaded and destroyed the city of Jerusalem. And so these three verses are written to a nation of people who had just lost everything. Not only that, but this is a lonely passage, three-verse passage, not only because 
they were living in the, in the immediate aftermath of losing everything they had. But second, because if you look at the verses, even in this chapter, right before verse 7, they don't seem to fit verses 7 through 9. In verses 1 through 6, there is a picture not of a kind God, but of a violent warrior God who comes walking into the scene as if he has just come from some sort of uh, war battlefield murder scene and he, his clothes are drenched in blood. For instance, and I don't have these verses on the slides for you to see, but listen to this. These, this is verse 2. Why are your garments red, as in red with blood, like those of one treading the winepress? God says, I have trodden the winepress alone. From the nations, no one was with me. I trampled them in my anger. I trod them down in my wrath. Their blood splattered my garments and stained all my clothing. It was for me the day of vengeance. The year for me to redeem had come. I looked, but there was no one to help. I was appalled that no one gave support. So my own arm achieved salvation for me, God says, and my own wrath sustained me. I trampled the nations in my wrath. In my wrath, I made them drunk and poured their blood on the ground. Man, that's a weird set of verses right there. I mean, in words that that we would familiarize with with one of our favorite patriotic hymns, the Battle Hymn of the Republic. You remember that verse that says, he is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored? That's what this passage, at least the the six verses prior to to our focal passage, actually bring to mind. And the grapes that God was trampling on, that he was trampling out, were the, the nations who were the enemy nations of the Israelites. In particular, he's talking about the nation of Edom, E-D-O-M. And the Edomites were distant cousins of the Israelites. The Edomites were the descendants of Esau. The Israelites were the descendants of Jacob. Jacob and Esau were brothers, twin brothers. And yet their descendants hated each other. You had the Israelites in modern-day Palestine And to the southeast of Israel, you had Edom, where the Edomites lived, and they hated each other. Historians tell us that right after the Babylonian destruction of Jerusalem, that there were some people from Jerusalem and from Judah, the southern kingdom, who fled the Babylonians and wanted to go into Edom. But the Edomites stood at their border, and they refused to allow any refugees to enter. And so God judges the Edomites because they refuse to allow the Israelites to cross their border and seek refuge in their land. The whole, if you've ever read uh, the, the Old Testament book of Obadiah, I know that most of you read Obadiah every morning. It's just something you got to do. Obadiah is a message from God to the Edomites in which he punishes them and judges them mercilessly because they did not allow their, the, their distant cousins to cross the border. 
And so you have this passage where Isaiah says, I want you to remember the kindnesses of the Lord, recount them, make a list of them. But it's in the middle of a time when they just lost everything they have. And just preceding this passage, you have God, a violent God coming back from battle. But it's a lonely passage also because of the verses that come after verses 7 through 9. Because after verse 9, you have not a picture of God, but you have a picture of God's people. And here's what it says in verse 10, talking about God's people. Yet they, God's people, rebelled and they grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned and became their enemy and he himself fought against them. So here you have these three verses about Make a list of the kindnesses of God. And these three verses are sandwiched between one one first half of the passage that has God as a warrior and the second half of a passage which finishes the chapter which talks about how disobedient God's people were. And there in the middle, you got this peanut butter and jelly. I don't know about you, but I love peanut butter and jelly. You have this wonderful peanut butter and jelly about the kindnesses of God, but on both sides you have pieces of bread that are rotten. And as we look at this passage, there are three things that Isaiah tells them in this worst of possible times that they need to thank God for. First thing he says, we need to thank God for what God has done for us. He says in verse 7, I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised, according to all that God has done for us. Yes, the many good things he has done for Israel. What God has done. Second, he says, we need to be thankful and pray. We need to praise God for who God is, God's character. What he has done is his actions, but what, who he is is his character. The latter part of verse number seven, he says, according to the things that he's done, according to his compassion. Compassion is an attribute of God. It is a character trait of God. It is not always a character trait of God's people, unfortunately, but it is always a character trait of God to us, his compassion. Thank God for what he's done, his actions. Praise God for who he is, his character, compassion. But then third, Isaiah says we need to thank God for how God views us. And he tells us in verse number eight, God's perspective about us. He says, surely they, and I think we could also say you, we, surely they are my people, children who will be true to me. And so he became their savior in all their distress. He too was distressed. Did you hear that? In your distress, God too is distressed. And the angel of his presence saved them in his love and mercy. He redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. (laughs) They just lost everything. 
They didn't have a good view of God. They didn't have a good view of themselves. And yet in the middle of all that, Isaiah says, I want you to make a list of all the kindnesses God has shown you in the past year. So I want to return to that question that I asked you at the beginning of this message. And it's simply this. What kindnesses has God shown you in the past year that are beyond what God normally shows you? See that question? I want you to think of an answer to that. Think of something God has done for you in the past year that he doesn't normally do in a given year. I want you to think about it. And then, once you've thought about it, I want you to take a pen and I want you to write down on your bulletin. There's a place there under the sermon notes you can write down. I want you to write down your answer to that question. All right? I want you to write it down. Some of you are not moving yet. I want you to start moving. I love it. I tell people, I, say, I, want, you to, I want you to write this down. Nobody moves because you, you people think you are, I don't know, immune to me. Have you thought of something God has done for you, a kindness that he doesn't normally do? Have you thought of it yet? If you thought of it, raise your hand. I want to see you. Four people, is that all? Is that all? Is there not anybody else to whom God has shown a kindness that he doesn't normally show? Yeah, okay. Anybody else? All right, let's have a new show of hands then. How about that? Some of you just had a big revelation now that you know that I'm calling you out. Raise your hand if you have something. All right. And among of you who raised your hand, how many of you have written it down? Have you written it down? Okay. I want you to write it down. You don't have to show it to anybody else unless you just want to, but just write it down. What kindnesses has God shown you in the past year? Now, some of you have had a really bad year, either because of an illness or an accident or a job loss or something like that. Tomorrow afternoon here in this room, we'll have the funeral of a 21-year-old young man. His name's Trenton. Some of his family members are here. We're expecting this place to be packed. He took his life this week. He was a country music artist and a very good one. He's got YouTube videos. And we'll remember him tomorrow. He and his dad worked for Bode Roberts. Bode's, Bode's had a tough year. His company has. They've lost two Two men, one by a chainsaw accident and another one by taking his life this year. Now, not everybody's had rough year. Whether you've had a rough year or not, though, I want to ask you this. What kindness has God shown you this year that he does not normally show you in a given year? And I want you to write it down on the bulletin. Now, I've asked our church staff this same question. And I've asked them to come and share. We're going to start with Renee. And then we're going to go with uh, Jess. And then we'll go with Dwayne and Eric, Damon. Take that, that microphone right over there. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I asked them, what is a kindness God has shown them in the past year that he wouldn't normally do so? Good morning. This past summer, we took our summer mission trip to Panama City to help them with the recovery from Hurricane Michael. I had set up for us to work with a lady named Susan at the Family Service Agency of Bay County. We had had brief discussions. I knew she was a believer working in an environment where not everybody was, but that's about all I knew. First thing that Monday when we got there, she and I sat in her office to prioritize the things that she wanted us to do to help them with their recovery from the damage they had had. And in our discussion, I just briefly mentioned that my own father lived there in Panama City and that he had lost his rental property due to the hurricane and was at that point living in a friend's condo, but the friend needed the condo for family. And so he was desperately looking for a place to live with no luck because things had changed and people were price gouging. It was hard to find places. Without a beat, she quickly offered me a camper that was sitting at her house for him to have. She was willing to give it to him. This lady that I just met. Now for me, that was a very unusual thing for someone to do in and of itself. But when I talked to my dad later, I did not realize until our discussion, as I told him the lady wanted to give him a camper, he had actually found a place that morning while she and I were meeting, and it was not the places he had been looking. It was through a church organization that found him a place that was affordable. And not only that, they paid half of the rent for the first month for him which was amazing. He was, he was shocked by that. Now, see, my dad is not a believer. He's 81. He's really the only person in a generation above me that I have left. Um, I grew up with a family of believers on my mom's side, but he's not one. That really surprised him and showed him that Christians really are different. And that was not the first time he had seen it when the house he was living in was destroyed by the trees a former co-worker that lived in the Panhandle brought his whole church over one Saturday and they cleaned up the rental property that was not his responsibility to clean up. But that whole church came over and cleaned up his yard and got the trees off the house, cut everything up. So three times he saw what being a Christian really means. So I continue to pray that those kindnesses will continue to fall upon him so that he too will want to spend eternity in heaven with me one day. Thank you, Renee. Thanks. Jess Wilbanks is our senior adult minister. Good morning. Uh, I have a story of timeliness to share. When Jimmy sent the text out to our staff and asked uh, what we were thankful for, that was the first thing that came to mind, how the Lord has been faithful and how he has shown me his faithfulness in the last couple of weeks. Um, Blake and I just returned from a trip uh, to Germany. We were celebrating our anniversary uh, but one of the reasons that we went there is that 25 years ago, I lived there in Heidelberg, Germany. My dad was in the Army, and we were stationed there. And so uh, part of this trip, we went through four cities, but one of the reasons to go there especially was to visit Heidelberg and to see where I lived. Um, while we were there, I said we were celebrating 12 years of uh, married life. And um, then also earlier this month, we celebrated 10 years with Michael, who's our teenager, that we adopted. Uh, and so Michael's from Williston, South Carolina, and uh, he's in South Carolina now in college. But, uh, and then one more thing uh, is that in the last year, we had a baby, Atticus, and so many of you know and love him, and we certainly appreciate that. But I just wanted to share 
a verse um, that the Lord shared with me when I went, when I met Michael. And um, I just see this as a recurring theme in my life and a reminder of his timeliness. In Isaiah 61, the little title at the top says, The Year of the Lord's Favor. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open prisons to those who are bound. In our congregation, we have someone who's recently been released and come home from prison. In our congregation, we've had people who've died this year and brought their life here on earth to a close. And that's sad for many of us, but there's also joy in that when we know that they're rejoicing in the Lord's presence. Um, I had that happen while I was in Germany. I had a grandparent die. But it was a reminder of how the Lord was working in my life when that happened, where I was, what I was doing. And um, last year, Jimmy had a sermon about Gilgal. Does anybody remember that? Gilgal, it's a funny word. Okay, so uh, in Joshua chapter 4 and verse 24, it says, All will know that the Lord is mighty. And so I feel like uh, sometime between now and Wednesday, I need to go out and find some stones and find a special place to make a place of remembrance of what the Lord has done in my life in 37 years and 25 years and 12 years and 10 years and in this year. Um, I'm just uh, astounded at his faithfulness and how he's in the details and he's also in the big picture. Just wanted to take one more moment to share with you a story uh, from Germany. I was in the commissary. The commissary is the military grocery store where you get to buy your groceries for tax-free if you're a service member. And I hadn't been in a commissary in probably 20 years. And so I wanted to just walk through there and see see what there was to see. On the cereal aisle was a girl named Lily from Williston, South Carolina, in Ansbach, Germany. And we uh, exchanged glances, and I said to myself, I think that's Lily. And she said to herself, how would it be possible for Miss Jess to be in Germany? And so I kind of walked around the store a minute and mulled what to do, and I found her back at the checkout line and gave her a big squeeze, and I said, Lily, I didn't know you were here. And she said, Jess, where did you come from? How are you here in the commissary in Ansbach, Germany? Right, because I had had to go through guards and had permission to be there and all this stuff. And uh, she said, how are you here? And I said, well, I guess the Lord put me here just like he put you here. And um, so the Lord's timeliness and his faithfulness uh, was again revealed to the both of us. And I just share that with you to say that when you're willing and when you're ready and when you love the Lord and you love other people, that the Lord will use you and that he'll be glorified through your story, through themes in your life. And uh, so I would just um, share that I'm thankful for how the Lord has brought some things to completion in my life. And then I'm excited, um, I guess, to start the next volume. Thank you, Jess. Dwayne Knox is our facilities manager. He's an old, old man, but I know he doesn't look 84, but go ahead, Dwayne. That's all right. My older brother. (laughs) Morning, PBC. Morning. God has always been kind, but then there's sometimes specifically that it really sticks out. This morning, my story of kindness is because of you. Uh, as a minister, 
I'm asked to give a lot of my time and effort going out helping other people. And my family usually sacrificed for that, meaning those two o'clock, three o'clock phone calls, emergency, when I get up and I leave them behind. You showed a kindness to my family this year, recently, that words, I have no words that can express how we feel other than to have the opportunity allowed through what Jimmy and his message and God putting it on his heart, giving me an opportunity not to write it on a card, but to say it to you personally. Your love toward my family, for my daughter, your donation, which really just blew our mind, that goes toward her progress of receiving the liver. Um, for you that don't know, Latoya, uh, my, one of my daughters who's 28, at some point in the future, she will have to have a liver transplant. And um, it's the only way to continue her life due to um, the circumstances. Um, but you, through God, for whatever reason, loved us enough that you gave us a donation that would tremendously help her in that direction. So I say to you this morning, thank you. Thank you very much for your kindness. Because as a minister, we give, we give, we give. Very seldom do we have the opportunity to receive in such a way. So I say to you, Thank you. Thank you, Dwayne. Eric Patterson is our student minister. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. I'll try it again. All right. Um, mine is a little bit different. Um, for a long time, uh, I've been traveling um, between house to house. Some reasons for grad school. Uh, seminary, different jobs. I've served in ministry for a long time as a music minister. Um, that's why Jimmy and Jed always have me doing things at the last minute, but it's okay. Um, but because of my gifts and, and just being able to be blessed that way, I've been moving a lot since 2010. For a full decade, I've been on the move maybe once every two years. We've been packing up the house, packing up the family, inviting friends to help to move. And the unexpected kindness that I had this year was truly having the opportunity to move closer to you all. Um, this is the first time in at least a decade where it feels where I know in my heart that I'm at home. And it's been a big deal for my family, and to understand that I have a son now who can actually be at home and not just, you know, a traveling minister uh, son his whole life. So my kindness that was unexpected was indeed an unexpected home with all of you. So thank you for that. Thank you, Eric. Damon Skelton's our traditional worship leader. Well, mine's very easy this year uh, because... 
Alaska is a very long way away. And my daughter and their family have been living in Alaska for the last three years. Uh, Her husband's been serving in the Army. And I knew at the end of this year that they were going to be moved to somewhere. And, of course, in the Army, you never really know exactly where that's going to be. Uh, And there are several places, all of which probably were closer than Alaska, which would be good. But God, in his great kindness, was able to move them to Columbus, Georgia. And so it's been great having them just an hour away as opposed to many, many hours away. So I can get to know my grandkids be able to uh, be around them so much and be uh, able to be around that family and just to make it several more times a year to be able to be in their house as opposed to only a couple times in the year. And I appreciate all the kindness that God gives to me and my family. Thank you, Damon. Jed Cornelison, our contemporary worship leader. So this year has been uh, a lot of change for me and my family. Um, Coming from another church, being called here, um, you know, there's a lot of unknown and, and, you know, just adapting and getting used to things, getting to know people. And uh, the kindness that all of y'all have shown our family has just been tremendous. My wife, my kids, they absolutely love it. Um, and it, it takes a lot of, like, stress off of me um, to be able to know, like, that, that they're watched out for, that they're loved on. And it's, it's been, like, overwhelming in a in a very positive way. Like, I think it was second week here. Um, my wife, we were talking and, um, she said folks were coming up to her. I was nowhere around and, but they knew her, recognized her and were coming up and talking to her. Uh, you know, just little conversations that, that go a long way to make someone feel so welcome. Uh, so the kindness has just been tremendous to say that as a church, to be able to show someone love and pour onto them and, and give to them, that is, uh, that's what being a church family and body is all about. And so it's, um, it's, it's been awesome to be a part of and to witness. And I swelled with pride after that when Mandy told me that. I was like, yeah, that's Palmetto Baptist for you, you know? So it, it, it just, it was a proud moment, and, and it really means a lot. And so uh, thank you all for being so welcoming. My children love it. Scout goes to school here now, so he gets to come with me to work. And, uh, and it's just, that's something I, I'll, I know I'm going to cherish that time uh, as he continues to grow. And I'll be thankful for those times that he's messing up my office and uh, eating Pop-Tarts all over the place. So anyway, but it's been great. So thank you all. You didn't forget the question, did you? What kindness has God shown you in the past year that he does not normally show you in a given year? I know I don't look it, but I'm 59 years old. I realize I look like I'm 20, and I can't help it, but I'm 59. In those 59 years, there have been two years that my wife and I had children, only two out of 59. So most of the time... God doesn't give us children, right? It's only two times out of 59 years. Do the math, right? Two other times out of 59 years, God gave Amanda and me grandchildren. And this year was one of those. It was not something God does every year for us, but he did it this year. Avalyn was born, and I'm going to call her Avi in spite of the fact that my son Zach and his wife, Nicole, have said I'm not going to call her Avi I'm going to call her Avi. She's beautiful. 
That's one kindness God showed me that he doesn't normally. A second one, and there are many, but a second one is this. In most of the time I've been at this church, we have not had a full, technically a full staff. There have been some years that we did, but for most of those years, we did not have a full staff. But this year, for the first time in at least a decade, we have a full staff. And I am so thankful for the staff that God has surrounded me with. They're awesome. I appreciate them so much. Did you write something down? Did you think of something? If you thought of something, raise your hand. If you wrote it down, raise your hand. Write it down. Write it down. We're about to have an invitation. If you're here and you've never invited Christ to be your Savior, we'd love to help you receive Him as your Savior right here, right now, before the end of the year. If you'd like to join our church officially, we'd love for you to do that. I'll be waiting down front for you if you want to do that. But maybe as you look at what you wrote down on that kindness that God did for you over the past year, maybe you say, man, I just want to come to the altar and thank God for that kindness. Some of you are going to be impressed to do that. The altar's open. Some of you, you look down at it and you say, well, I want to thank God for this right where I stand, but I also want to tell somebody. And, and you'll, you, you will feel impressed to go to someone here and say, this is what God did for me this year. Are you ready? Do you know what you're going to do with the kindness God has offered you? Do you know? Lord, I pray that you would accept our thanks for the kindnesses you've shown us this year. Even the kindness you've shown some of us when, when we weren't so kind ourselves or when things were just falling apart all around us, we can still see where you were kind to us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.